listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z. And on today's episode, we have a singer-songwriter, an illustrator, a storyteller. And her name is Julia Green. Julia, welcome to The Rick Z Show. Hi, everybody. I'm yeah. glad to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Worthy of note that you're not just a songwriter, although you have your own legitimate straight material, I'll call it, but you're a comedian as well, and you write funny songs, and that really intrigues me. What got you into doing that? Well, I think the thing with the comedy is like you have uh, your endeavors you take on that you take super seriously, and you you work really hard and you just take it so serious and then you know that starts going somewhere and then you have the fun stuff yeah mm -hmm. that you do as a hobby and it's kind of like because you're playful with it it starts doing better than the things that you take right, super yeah. serious like that's kind of what happened is i just started kind of playing around with it for fun and not expecting like not demanding that it do anything for me and it was just for the joy of making it and like sat down with a friend in central park one day and she's like oh i had this melody and i was like oh let's do something super silly with it. And then I was like, that was enjoyable. You know, <laughs> a lot of people don't understand that kind of music. People who are legitimately great songwriters or whatever, sometimes they shy away from this kind of stuff because they think, well, it isn't serious enough, right? I would like to be taken seriously, so I'm not going to do that. But do you ever feel silly playing them? Do you play them out often? And what's that like? Do you, what kind of response do you get? I mean, I play them every now and then. And most of the time, the response is positive. I've had the thing where, like, you're playing for a room of either really tired people or there's, like, three people there and it's silence. And it just, <laughs> you keep pushing through and I'm like, commit, commit <laughs> to the song. You, can't, silence, you yes. can't pull back and be like, okay, I'm only kind of halfway playing this song because yeah, right. it's not going over well you have so to go all the way. yeah you gotta you gotta go there so i think even when that happens you know it's it's a good thing too because it makes you kind of like suck it up and poker face and push <laughs> through your song but i feel like growing up and through college i took myself so seriously like i took creative things so seriously and i was very passionate about them but i think i think the more you, you can still like work towards something and not be so in your head about it and i think like, okay, when people write songs where they're like, I want this to move people or help people or heal people, it's already so loaded. Mm -hmm. And I think people sense that, like sense the BS of that. that yeah. you were, It's, it's yeah. more like self-important for you writing the song instead of something that came from this organic place of like, oh, this was just this, was just this creative act that happened right. and then let people do what they want with it. I think when you're like, I'm going to change the world with the song, people are like... <laughs> Go to an open mic in Brooklyn and like call it a day, you know? <laughs> well, you know when you're young, you have that kind of altruistic, I'm going to change the world, and you have that self-importance to your songwriting. I think that's typical of young writers. And then you get a little older and you're like, well, none of that crap matters, you know? Uh, when it comes to comedy material, I think it's best to be as deadpan as possible and to do it as well as you can. I have an album that just came out, we just released this week, called High on Cake. We had this credo in the studio that was... Nobody would do anything this stupid this well. And I find that if, if you hammer it home with great music, it makes it funnier. And that reminds me of you because doing some research, listening to some songs of yours, you're a really good singer. I mean, you're a legitimately oh, you. good singer. I mean, that makes the stuff funnier because you're actually taking this, this instrument, using it very seriously, and to sing this, you know, some of these ridiculous songs with ridiculous lines and you're hammering home the comedy, you know. And by the way, comedy, I think, and music are related anyway through timing. I mean, timing is everything. 
Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree with that statement. And you know what the funny thing is? is like I don't feel like I've ever had the intent of like, oh, I'm going to do comedy now or I'm going to be a comedian. Like, I don't I just think of it as making things, you know, like mm-hmm. like I but I feel like once again, if I sat and was like, OK, I'm going to be a, a, I'm going to be a musical comedy writer and like was too precious about it then I'd start taking it seriously I get like super seriously and then it wouldn't you know I wouldn't make the same stuff right. not saying that you mm-hmm. you cannot work hard and think like it's still work hard but just in my brain I can't think like oh this is my thing that I do now you know I totally understand Julia Green a lot of people don't get that I totally get that I, I go through that with my own material some serious some not so serious but I like to mix it up I like I like to try all kinds of stuff and we'll get to more of that in a little while what i'd love to do right now is i notice you brought your guitar with you i love it when guests bring their guitar it means they're gonna play something (laughs) i'd love our listeners to hear some of your comedy material would you mind singing a song sure i would love to that would be great woke up thinking about how much i love you Love is limitless and now I know it's true Because of how much I love you I would slap my grandma for you If someone intervened, I'd slap them too Hell, I'd slap a SeaWorld dolphin If it didn't do tricks for you you know I would If you told me to If I were a feline I'd let you pet me backwards I'd keep a straight face And purr the whole damn time Because of how Much I love you I would wear a rubber onesie If that's how you like to get weird I'd kill a goat on Facebook Live Just so it'd be clear I'd sacrifice For you, my dear I would get a bowl cut for you I would shave off both my eyebrows for you And if someone's picking on you I'd go and shave theirs too I'm ruthless when it comes to you. I heard you and your ex-girlfriend used to like to go swimming. If you want, I could roll her in a carpet and throw her in the lake. Guess dating my man was a mistake. I would burn the world for you. I would make fake dating profiles for you. And if one of those skanky bitches hits you up at 3 a.m., I got a few more carpets in the back for them. Horse. Woke up thinking about much I love you Love is limitless And now I know it's true Because of how Much I love
Wow. That was great, Julia. What do you call that song? What's the name of that? That song's called How Much I Love You. I mean, again, you just hammer it home with your diction and your fine, fine singing. That makes it funnier. I, I, I just love that. And I heard that song before when I was doing research and I was cracking up. Once you jump in with the line about the grandmother, that's like all bets are off. Well, that's the one that's fun to like start it off at, at an open mic and like make up some BS about like this is about my boyfriend blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, I know the type exactly yeah and get it kind of a downer and then start doing it and just commit through the slap your grandma line and then people get so uncomfortable and they don't know how to act yeah. and like drink a lot mm -hmm. but uh I've, I changed one line from what you saw it was I added that I would get a bowl cut for you. <laughs> that's really powerful line. That's yeah. some, that's Few women some, would do that for men. Yeah, you know you love someone, but that was the Thanksgiving conversation. We were looking at bad bowl cut images on oh. Google, and I was like, whoa, that's dark. That's a, that stuck it in there. So. I think you threatened a dolphin in, or, or something yeah. in the song too, right? I would slap a SeaWorld dolphin if it didn't do tricks for you was yeah. the line. I love when you're in the high pitch there too, like oh. a dolphin sound. Yeah. <laughs> If it was singing. So, Julia, where do you play this material, and where where can you play this material? Where is the market for this kind of stuff? You know what's funny is like at first it was just me playing for my friends that had like a sick sense of humor, and and now I'm the way I'm talking, you would think like, and now I'm filling stadiums. <laughs> so it's like it's like not like that at all because I feel like. Um, there's this bar named Draft Industries in Beacon, right? And it's this, like, very small, like, it's easy to miss. It's right next to Kennedy Fried Chicken in Beacon. And I befriended the owner, Greg, and he was always, like, very supportive of the art, you know, like, the funny illustrations I would do and the funny songs and everything. And so I started just kind of playing there. My friends would come. And, like, drunk people love these songs. Like, craft beer people are my people for mm -hmm. everything. But... So I started playing it there, but honestly, I just recently kind of got more interested into playing out because I feel like I've been one of those people that can't pick a thing. <laughs> I like so many things that I can't, that I had a hard time kind of picking a thing. Not that you have to pick just one thing, but you know, I was doing the zigzag, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to do covers or this <laughs> or whatever. And then I was like, no, nah, I like the funny stuff. <laughs> so, so no, I'm not like playing these big rooms and selling well you do it really well Thank and you. you're from beacon new york you live in poughkeepsie right now i believe right i live in poughkeepsie right now i'm actually from florida but i lived in beacon for three years and then before that i lived in harlem and then before that i lived in texas so i kind of like bounced all over the place you've got a funny name for beacon where you lived for three years you call it sometimes beakland right oh that's not just me a lot of people call it beakland i've never heard of that because it's all the, the people that are tired of Brooklyn moved to Beacon, and mm -hmm. it starts slowly turning into Brooklyn. A lot of nicknames in the Hudson Valley. I heard New Paltz was like No Paltz, and Red Hook was Dead Hook. Or, oh, no. There's Felonville. Felon, Felonville. Felonville. I've never heard that one. That's so harsh. Felonville is that, my favorite. That's pretty bad. I do like that one. That is yeah. enjoyable. Uh, Julia, I'd love to hear another song. Can we, can we just play something else? Because these are really funny. Oh, thank you. 
thank you. I would love to. And is it okay to laugh during them? Because I want people to hear these. I don't want them to hear our laughter covering up your lines. You but can laugh. It's, it's hard like, not to. Laugh. All right. Do, do you. All right. All right. I will be, I will be me during this song. Uh, okay. We'll see what happens. Great. So this song, I was inspired to write when I was like learning more about country music. I think it's funny that some of the best songwriting I think I've ever heard are country songs. Like if you take them out of the context of that style, just alone, they're really good songs, right? But then some of the worst things that I've ever heard in my life, like abominations come from country. And I think my favorite one that I found when I was like researching country songs was this song, legit song, like you can Google it. I'm not lying. I forget the songwriter, but the song, the name is important. It's called Drop Kick Me Jesus Through the Goalposts of Life. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I've heard you know, I've heard, yeah, sure. You're I know the that first song. person that do that song, but I heard it and I was like, this isn't for real. And it's a hundred percent for real, like a metaphor about Jesus drop kicking this man through yeah, like Yeah. <laughs> and I saw that and I was like, challenge accepted. Like, <laughs> challenge accepted. But uh yeah, so this is a country song called I Hope, and it's just about like how when you're really mad at someone and you're trying not to have resentment and you're doing the whole thing where you're telling yourself you've like risen above all the things, but actually you're just super petty about it. You're really mm -hmm. petty and it's all a lie and you're not over it and you're really like butthurt about it. So that's what this song's about. So anyway, here it goes. I thought that we were lovers thought it last forever, but I guess I was mistaken. Your heart keeps take, 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 taking away from me. Well, I hope karma comes around and that it knocks you to the ground. And I hope that you sit on something wet. I hope that you sit on something wet I hope you get stranded at the DMV for hours on end and when it's finally your turn you're right back at the start again like in Candyland I hope that you stub your toe on every corner in your home and when you're done you stub it again at someone else's you stub it hard at someone else's but I'm a good Christian woman so I don't wish you harm but I can still love my neighbor and hope you have every inconvenience known to man and several known to monkeys I hope every girl that you sleep with has the clap And I ain't talking about applause I hope you're scratch, 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 scratch Scratching all day at work And people think you're a perv I hope you pack your crock pot with lots of food that costs a lot and come home and realize you never turned it on. You never turned it on. All that food went bad. And 
and I'm a good Christian woman, so why don't we charm? But I could still love my neighbor and hope you get sunburned really bad and then fall into somebody else's hot tub. I hope that somebody flips your porta potty when you're going number two and you're on a hill so it keeps roll 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 rolling away from rescue i hope that you catch a cold and you can't breathe right through your nose and you gotta eat cereal from a bowl like that breathing through your mouth Christian woman, so I don't wish you harm, but I can still love my neighbor and hope you step on a Lego every single day for the rest of your life. Uh, so clever and just funny. Just the lines are funny. And what inspires you? What other comedy music do you listen to? It's a kind of an unusual genre. You don't hear it very often. The only guy I could think of out there that has gone viral, been really big, just sitting around playing piano and writing these songs is this guy, Bo Burnham. Do you know who that is? I'm embarrassed to say that I actually don't know who that is. Maybe I should lie and be like, yeah, I'll tell, of course I do. But no, I don't. Well, I mean, he's really good, but I mean, everybody puts their own stamp on their music. I mean, he doesn't sound like you, but like you, he just has an acoustic instrument and, you know, he's a wordsmith and he's got great comic timing. Who inspires you? I mean, there's, there is some comedy music out there. Do, do you listen to any of that? Well, you know, I started listening to comedy music kind of after the fact, so I got pretty into Flight of the Concords. Oh, like that's after be great. the father and son song kills me. Like that song is so it's they oh. sound like Simon and Garfunkel, and then it's just the worst. It's Have like, you ever heard Leggy Supermodel? No. Just the just Leggy Supermodel. It's funny already. Oh know? my god! Yeah, just they're good. I listen to the like hurt my feelings the rap song oh where yeah rap, oh it's really really funny Look. yeah they're, they've got some good stuff but I think like most of the humor or things I was interested in was from just reading like I, I really like Dave Sedaris oh he's another really good writer yeah, he's he's phenomenal, and then like the the whole genre of in a, inappropriate like adult children's books, like uh, the All My Friends Are Dead, and the I don't know if I can say F up, but the Go the Fuck to Sleep. Go to Go the Fuck to Sleep. Oh it's, my! It's hugely popular. <laughs> it's so good. So now, Julia, you're a woman of many talents. You're also an illustrator. Let's talk about that for a second. How does illustrating play into writing comedy, if at all? I mean, you write comic strips, I suppose. But, I mean, how does this play into what you do as a musician and a songwriter? Well, I think um, what's kind of funny about it is even though it's two different uh, mediums, there's so many similarities. Like, I wrote and illustrated a book called Little Duck Who Lost His Fox, and I was showing it to a I mentor have, I have of mine. it sitting right here. You do. Oh, it's right there. I'm literally flipping through these pages. 
and as I we speak. put a pseudonym name as Bellatrix Fodder just because I do illustrate actual normal children's books. But now I think it's funny because I tell everyone that. <laughs> so what's the point? <laughs> but it's just whatever. Right. But with that, you know, when I was showing some of my illustrations and stuff to a mentor, they were suggesting like leaving a blank page where the pause would be before punchline. So in this book, I kind of do that. If I'm building up to a joke, I either do an illustration that's light or leave a page break. So it kind of breaks up the pace just like you would with a joke mm-hmm. and a song or, you know. Is it yeah. different illustrating for something comic rather than something serious? When it's something serious or someone is, is getting me to illustrate a book they wrote, then I have to really respect like what they want and the, the, the integrity of, you know. That's a job. Characters. Yeah, it's, a, it's more, you know, it's fun, but they're paying you for a skill to right. like do the thing versus like with the book I did, I try to make the illustrations look as wholesome as possible on their own. Like it's a legit old school, like 80s children's book. And then the humor is in like the adult content paired with these really innocent looking like little ducklings and stuff, mm-hmm. right. you know. But yeah. Yeah, some people get really uncomfortable and they're like, this isn't for kids, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk. I'm like, no, duh. <laughs> totally it. missing it entirely. Well, that yeah. happened to Adam Mansbach, the guy that wrote Go the Fuck to Sleep, like, had got all this hate online, like, who would read this to a child? And I'm like, read with your eyes. Like, People are idiots. Yeah, people are oh, really dumb. I think that much most smart people know. That being said, you have collaborated with some other people, uh, done some other things. One thing that I found very interesting is this mockumentary that you did some music for. I forgot that was on my website. That's so funny. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a very famous cult film that... Some people know, some people don't, called The Room. It's kind of considered the worst film ever made. And this mockumentary is, I guess, a a fake documentary about the characters nowadays, where are they today, or something like that, right? Yeah, so, so, okay, when I was in middle school, I watched that movie, The Room, and it's like, it's what Citizen Kane is to good filmmaking is what The Room is to, like, bad. And not The Room with Brie Larson. There's a movie called The Room with Brie Larson. Well, that's just Room. Yeah, Room, Room. Yeah, not to be confused. This one is called The Room, and this guy named Tommy Wiseau, who's super mysterious, like directed, produced, starred in, wrote, and did everything. And it's it's like if it were any less bad, it wouldn't be entertaining. And there's shots where like a character's holding a cup in one hand, and then all of a sudden it's not in their hand in the next shot, or they're like moved around, <laughs> and like the acting's so bad, yeah. like so horrifically bad that you just are shrieking the whole time. <laughs> but anyway, so the movie's terrible. Definitely watch it, but. Yeah, I've seen it. I, I, it's, it, it's terrible. It's so bad. Like it is not the worst m- movie ever made, by the way. In, in my opinion, I, it, it's considered that. But I think Leonard Part Six with Bill, Bill Cosby is the worst movie ever made. I haven't seen that. And Ghost Dad, also with Bill Cosby, <laughs> the second worst movie ever made. Bill Cosby's killing it. <laughs> Bill Cosby, man. What a what a terrible. Actor. Okay. <laughs> Mo- moving on. And rabbit hole opens. Yeah. yeah. We are walking around. Yeah, but yeah. so what's funny about that is I went to Los Angeles a couple years ago and there was this mentor of mine um, named Rob Fingerman who had passed away recently, or not recently, a couple years ago he passed away, but at the time he was this great guy that would invite artists or filmmakers or people he knew to these dinner parties. 
in LA and everybody kind of meet each other and talk to each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was one of those people that's kind of like a catalyst, like really good at connecting people with people. And he loved doing it. But at one of his parties, I was sitting next to Robin Paris, who played Chocolate Girl in the room. She was like the best friend with the chocolate. Mm-hmm. And and I was talking, we were just talking and she was doing a Kickstarter at the time for the, the mockumentary. And it's just about all the, it has all the original actors from the movie in the mockumentary, except for Tommy Wiseau, and it's like, what happened to them after? Because her dramatic acting career was, like, done <laughs> after that, because she was officially, like, the girl from the room, right? This is all the work she could get, I guess. Yes, yeah, so she made a mockumentary where, like, she, her character is, like, kind of, like, white trash and gets married, like, I don't know, seven times, and, and then Denny, the character Denny... Not that this is like a bad out, but he works at Denny's and ends up like, it's just miserable. Not saying if you work at Denny's, that's like the worst mm-hmm. thing in the world, but they just had to. It's close. Denny. <laughs> I just don't and your name is Denny. But they all just did And the girl, what's the, the main character, the blonde girl, she's like just a mess, but it follows all of them and their lives and what happens. But basically I told her I write musical comedy and she was like, oh, can you write jingles? Or like intros and outros and things for the episodes specific to the characters, you know? So I did that for a while. And I didn't know how to record anything. Like, I wasn't hip like that. So I sent her these, like, just trash recordings. And then eventually I figured it out. And she was like, you know, it was usable. But it's fun. I mean, do you write songs for the movie? Or is it instrumental pieces? What exactly it's, is the nature of it? Yeah, it's a series. So it was just guitar and vocals. And they're, like, there's a character in the series that's a, that's a narrator. And he's, like, old school sitting in front of a fireplace with a whiskey, like... Mm-hmm talking about all these characters and I randomly pop up and it like surprises him and I and, and some of them I'm in the shots and I sing and play right. about yeah, stuff right. and it makes him uncomfortable because I just come out of nowhere a lot but <laughs> but yeah so that was that was really fun that was a really fun experience and it's, it's doing well it just yeah. occurred to me by the way the movie Juno what do you think of the soundtrack what's the name of the woman that does that the... I can't think of her name she's really I'm unique though I'm sticking with you yes it's good stuff. I like. I liked it. I didn't. I'm trying to remember more than just that song, but I like it. I mean, to me, it fit the vibe. Uh, but I thought the dialogue for that movie was um, unrealistically witty. Well, yeah. What sixteen year old is that quick? You know, and that clever and that you know. Yeah. I mean, she sub references like twenty times in a sentence, and she knows about so many things. Yeah. But it's a movie. I, I totally love that movie. Oh, it's, it's a great a, movie. A great dialogue. It's a great movie. Uh, Diablo Cody wrote it. It's all her great dialogue. Can you play something from the room? Is that is that something that's so specific to this mockumentary, or or is it? It's something like I wrote probably a dozen different little thirty second clips or minute long clips, and honestly, for that stuff, it's things like the jokes you wouldn't get unless you had just watched the episode. You know, like right, if I played right. it, it's not going to make any sense unless you just saw the episode because yeah. it's all specific to that. Oh, so. that's understandable. Yeah. Uh, well, we're almost running out of time. I want to hear another song. Can you play something else? I would love to. I think this stuff is hysterical. Thank oh, yeah. you. I'm glad you like it because like sometimes, you know, when I put, like I did the open mic night at the Falcon last night uh-huh. and I love the Falcon. Favorite, yeah. favorite uh, music video, but they had the open mic night and... um. 
And it was just one of those nights when no one's there. There were like three people there and the host couldn't make it. And then they were randomly like, can you host this? (laughs) So it was one of those, but there were like three people there. And the first song I played, you know, and I'm not even a loud laugher. I just kind of smile and nod. But it was just silence. It was like playing for a void where you're like, who am I? I know that feeling. I know that feeling. (laughs) That's frustrating. I usually have a joke that I lead with when I play in a new place. And I think I'm going to be here all night. Let me take the temperature of the audience. And I'll say like, after the first song, I'll say, oh, it's nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, um, I slept like a log last night, right in the fireplace again, uh, you know, and, and, then the- and nothing. If, if people laugh, I know that I'm okay. If people don't <laughs> laugh, this is going to be a long night. So. Well, it's funny to me how like, if the audience isn't receptive for me, like I have a poker face, but inside I'm like spiraling going like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I should have gone to school for this or that. Never and let like, them see you sweat, you know? Yeah. No just, matter what. Yeah. Even if I bomb, I'm just like, right, yeah, right okay. Whatever, I'm gonna go home and cry and eat ice cream and whatever. <laughs> well, you don't have to cry and eat ice cream here. We like uh, these songs very much. We get it. It takes funny people to understand funny music, I guess. And you're funny, Rusty over there. That guy's hysterical. He's pretty funny. He is pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, and I'm a little funny, right? Am I, am I think you're funny. All right, thank you. I'll take I'll take it. I'm, I'm just scurrying for little crumbs. Thank you. Thank you. Here, take. <laughs> Ooh, yum. Okay, I'll be, I'll be eating this crumbs while we listen to your next song. This is called Bad Taste in Men, and I hope that doesn't feel like a personal attack for anyone. It's you're, just you, the name but you're the one with the bad taste, so, <laughs> so uh, it's no sweat for us. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. My friends tell me I have bad taste in men. But you don't get to choose who you love And when I'm all excited To bring home someone new They don't understand Don't think it's true They say I've got more daddy issues Than the whole cast of Teen Mom And half the guys I date are on a registry So I'm gonna tell my story of lovers come and gone, tell it proudly in a song. I fell in love with a Nigerian prince I met online. His name was Uhebu Babimina Egba Ajasa. He sent a message of distress to my address. He said he loved me at first sight, and if I'd wire him some funds, we could run away for the rest of our lives. I wired him some money, but then he was gone. I never saw it coming, but I guess I was wrong. I read his last words and tried to be strong when he said, Thank you kindly. Eventually, my broken heart had healed from being ghosted by the only prince I'd ever known. Then one night, I was jogging by myself in the park and saw a van sitting in the dark. He drove along beside me as I jogged. He whispered through the window, Are you lost? He saved some stray puppies. He had them in the back. 
in a blanket in a sack next thing I knew I was in a bunker and in love he kept me way down there cause he wanted to protect me from the world above his eyes were really kind I didn't mind that he was so possessive he slid some food beneath the door if I swore that I would stay his captive Never played this game, but I thought it was fun until the FBI came and I decided to run. I didn't understand just what he had done when they said, just go quietly. I thought that I would always be alone. But right when you're not looking is when you find at 1 a.m. on Tinder. He came into my life, everyone swiped left, but he swiped right. I loved his lanky bod and face tattoos. His surgically carved tongue looked like a snake. On our first date, we tripped acid and saw Slayer's farewell tour. And on the ride home, he gave me a brochure. He was a super sexy Satanist and his name was Sam. We did conjuring circles together to raise the damned. When he was chanting Beelzebub, I really loved how his eyes went black with passion. And when he sacrificed a dove in the tub, it was gross, but I let it happen. He was chanting in the dark at 3 a.m. And then he opened up a portal that sucked him in. He left claw marks on the floor, I never saw him again. Closed the door, closed it tightly. Yeah, oh my goodness gracious. Thank you. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Julia, that's really clever and fun and funny. And where, I mean, I don't know where to start with a song like that. <laughs> I, I noticed you you do have um, a style where you'll start off normal, you know, you'll set up the scene and wow, this is a pretty song, this, and then all mayhem breaks loose. I love that. I'm glad you love that. <laughs> well, it's a lot like the album that I released this week, and you came to my CD release party. Thank you. We'd never even met before, and you and you came out to uh, to support, you know, my comedy stuff. So of course, I, I mean that is so cool, but. That's what Otis and Melvin does. We start off kind of normal. Like, for example, we have the song Some Days. And it's, you know, some days you get happiness and rainbows. Some days, you, you know, you're not feeling so well. And you have gray skies. And everybody's, you know, in a bad mood. And then all of a sudden, you know, some days weasels want your lemon tarts. And, you know, you, <laughs> you can't stop phoning up Brazil. And you can't account for all those gurgling sounds. And some days you surely will. So... I totally get it because it's the kind of ridiculous stuff I write. I think it's hysterical. I, I think you got something here. Thank you. Well, you know what's kind of fun, though, is like, I feel like, okay, when I wrote the, the, the little duck who lost his fox, it's like there's so many jokes you can make when using expletives. It's like easy. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy. And then, like, with the country song and this song, I was like, how I'm just going to see how weird I can get. Like, just let it kind of get weird and not use anything. Like, as family friendly weird if like a yeah. satanist doing a conjuring yeah. thing at the end is family friendly i don't know 
But um, <laughs> but you if, if but I feel like I came up with so many, like so many not funny options for the bad taste in men and then mm. when I landed on the Nigerian prince because I got emails yeah. I was like oh yeah. <laughs> even I didn't see that coming I, I, and, and the music changes too all of a sudden you, you it's like a fast song and that hammers home the, the those funny lines too I mean just the everybody timing, can relate the music. to that too the Nigerian prince that yeah. fell in love at first sight yeah. <laughs> you know I, I feel terrible because we're running out of time and we're probably way over time and I don't even care uh, because this has been so much fun let me ask you something um, before we have to uh, end it sounds so final we're, everything's ending <laughs> the end but let me ask you something about uh, jingle writing. You made reference to writing jingles. Uh, I don't know if you've tried them yourself, but I noticed there's so many funny jingles out there, and they're not overtly funny. They're just quirky, like by men and, you know, or um, that one might be before your time. I don't, that one was a long, long time ago. By men and. But the thing is, you got three notes. You know, that's it. And you've got to sell these products. There's something catchy about certain things. You ever write any jingles? But I, I, okay, the thing about jingles that I feel like would stress me out so much, right, is it's like 10 seconds, it's three notes. And I feel like it'd be so easy for that to turn into like a Black Mirror episode writing session where you start to <laughs> overthink yeah. your three notes so much. <laughs> and then like you're trying to write a jingle and then you're looking up like, what is the spiritual symbolism of a D chord or something? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I, I say like a lot. I'm just not a tween, I promise. But that's all right. I just feel that that is something that you could drive yourself. I would drive myself crazy yeah. with being like, what's the best option? What's easy pants? Oh, be e oh man, God! I really should look at my website before these things. So, e be you, easy. You, pants. you have to research yourself before you come on this show. <laughs> yeah, right. Be man, that's a jingle that could be on. I might send you that, but God, okay. So, my really close friend Julie, um, her sister-in-law made this product called Be Easy Pants. It's a different name now, but but they're these pants. And at first, I was like, "This isn't real," but they're sweatpants. And they have a hidden zipper from the front what? that goes all the way up to the back. Really? It goes like what? All around, like, all the way like around? Down your crotch, okay. over oh, your butt crack, like these, wow. this zipper, right? Easy pants. Be easy be pants. Be easy pants. And that's like that's be uneasy pants. Yeah, right? but it's but their whole marketing thing is like it's sexy pants. Mm. It's like sweatpants. Their marketing thing is like be comfy and sexy and like <laughs> and then they also approach it from like the camping angle. For like to go, you know. Because nothing says sex like camping. Yeah, like but the, the fact that you could just go to the bathroom yeah. and if it's chilly you just have to like unzip them. So it's sexy and practical. Yes, yes. But I wrote a jingle with my friend Sam Smith, who you gotta have him on. He's a nut. He's like a crazy good bass guitar player, and wow. like he's he's a good one. But so he helped me. Like he did a lot for for this jingle. I basically just came up with the words, but he does like rap some of it. It was Be Easy Pants, but now it's the Cozy Love Company because they had to get rid of the name. So Be Easy Pants is now Cozy Love Company. Cozy Love Company. I feel the same way I felt when like Snuggies came out. Where you're like, Happy? Whoa, whoa, 
you're intrigued, you're happy, you kind of want one, and you're also like, what is this? A little scared. Just wear a robe backwards, some, you know. Some fear. Like, yeah, there's some, a little fear some of that. There. Yeah. Or but. forlorning, something. Yeah. Yes. I can't believe we're done. I have so many more questions. We should have made this like two shows. But <laughs> why don't you have any comedy albums? Any thoughts of recording your own uh, comedy album with all your songs on it? Well, like I said, I did the thing, especially this year, where I went all over the place. Like, who am I? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to do with myself? So the goal is this spring and summer to put, like, kind of go through all the comedy and take, like, the best four or five songs and do an EP with it and really... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go to town yeah. and have them produced well. And the better produced and the better musicians you have on them, the funnier they'll be. I, I'm telling you, you got something here. Oh, you you got to produce. You you, you got to produce this stuff and and get it out there because it's really funny. I mean, do you get hits on your website? Do people come and look at the stuff? What online? I think. Well, I have the. Sometimes I get messages from the website, but the main. Oh, and I should I should say all the things right. I always forget mm-hmm. to say all the things. Oh yeah, my website is julia green artist who sings.com the instagram is the same thing at julia green artist who sings.com and guess what the facebook same thing <laughs> but all the things are on there the illustration uh this the music and stuff but so if you're interested in the like updates if a comedy ep is happening that's the spot because i shamelessly post everything on <laughs> the instagram well, you heard it, everybody, right from Julia Green herself. Go to the website. Listen to this stuff. It's really funny. Uh, I promise you, you won't be disappointed unless you have no sense of humor. And then just stay home and do nothing and watch Matlock return, <laughs> reruns. We, we don't care what you do. You deserve um, the boring life you have. It's <laughs> <That's> harsh. <laughs> it is just terrible what we're saying to people. Nameless, faceless people. Though. You can sit in something wet. Exactly. <laughs> like your song states. Like the songs. Julia, you're a fun person. You're a nice person. You're a really good songwriter. Very funny. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and, and uh, talking about your music and playing your music. Thank you for having me and listening to the funny songs and actually laughing at them. Uh, That's my my pleasure. We all, we all have to laugh. And anything that makes me laugh, I like. Uh, awesome. Really good. Come back anytime. If you make that EP, I want you to come back and play some of that stuff on the show. Oh, I will be back. I will be back. And I've got to think of more inappropriate songs to write. So I can't I'll wait. Be there for you. <laughs> You're listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, produced and engineered every week by Rusty Johnson. Click subscribe and then come back next week. And I promise I'll have another talented Hudson Valley musician here for you. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.